Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Crime Noir. It's Candace, and I have a special guest t- today. Um, I have Rena from Handcuff Pod. Hey everyone. Um, today we're doing a little crossover episode. I know it's been kind of hectic and busy, but I just want to first say I hope you guys are being safe and healthy during this virus. I apologize for the lack of content, but we're trying to push through and get some out. Um, we're Today we're going to be covering the murder of Yakia Davis and Stephanie Thomas. Um, this is located in Washington, D.C. Um, Rena is over here. She is located in the U.K. If you can tell by her accent, I'm obsessed with it. All right, so let's just jump in. So Yakia Davis and Stephanie Thomas were both two transgender women who were violently killed and their murders received very little to no press. They were basically babies. Yukia was 19 at the time and Stephanie was just 18. And they had met. I know that's so sad, right? Yeah. They met each other four years before they were both violently murdered. And they had met each other at a sexual minority youth action league, which rebranded as SMYAL, which stands for supporting and mentoring youth advocates and leaders. It's the only organization in the Washington, D.C. area that is dedicated to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender youth. And SMYAL brands itself as a safe space for LGBTQ youth. Per their website, they provide community training and education programs, which include helping educate the community on LGBTQ youth and providing safe spaces for the community. They also have like weekly support and discussion groups that discuss various topics such as relationships, sexual health, drug abuse, etc. When Stephanie and Yukia met each other, they were in the process of transitioning to women. Stephanie was adopted at three months by her mother, Queen Washington, and Stephanie began to identify as a female at about eight or nine. Stephanie's family was accepting of her transitioning, but on the contrast, Yukia, who was raised by her godmother, rejected her gender identity. Where were these um, women from? They're from Washington, D.C. No, they're um, ethnicity. Oh, uh, black? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) American? Yukia began identifying herself as transgender at age 15, and Stephanie began at age 14 going by her name. Sadly, both Stephanie and Yukia were targeted due to their gender identity as people just thought they were gay. And the harassment became so much that they dropped out of school due to bullying, which is really, really sad because children should be able to be themselves and go to school and it should be a safe space. There shouldn't be any of this bullying, not going to school because of stuff like that. And that just really gets under my skin. Oh my gosh, I hate bullying with a passion. Like, mm-hmm. it really irks me, like, really, really irritates me. It's, it's bad over here. We have campaigns. I remember being in school and there would be people, like, organisations would come in to speak about bullying because there were young people committing suicide over it. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because when you're in, like, um, secondary school for us, which is equivalent to high school or mm-hmm. middle school, mm-hmm. um, it was very normal to pick on each other. Mm-hmm. And to run joke and to cuss each other. So a lot of people would turn around today and say, well, you you needed tough skin. Mm-hmm. Like, 
yeah, I remember um, being teased and well, well, you just have to take it kind of thing or give it back. Like, um, but yeah, obviously not every child is equipped in that way. And it's not fair to say to every child, you just need to learn how to deal with it. I completely agree with you. And I almost feel sorry for this current generation because they have like the internet to use to bully each other. And I just can't imagine, I mean, I'm not old, but this is when social media was like first taking off was when I was in high school. So it's like, I couldn't imagine going to school now and like people bullying you online and stuff like that. I just couldn't imagine that. No, we was lucky. Like, and and back in the day, if you was in school and um you was getting teased, it was you had to be creative. Like, you had exactly. to pick your feet. Whereas exactly. now, exactly. we have yeah. these little sad weirdos behind their keyboards who, who probably think the whole day of just trying to bring you down. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, let's get back to the case. So they both ended up dropping out of school due to the harassment, which is extremely sad to me. But they bonded so closely that they even ended up getting an apartment and living together in Southeast Washington, D.C. Stephanie's mom, Queen, ended up getting her a car because she didn't feel safe with her daughter walking through Southeast at night, which Mm. I don't know if you know, but Southeast um, has a reputation or had a reputation for maybe not being the most safe part of DC, but over the years through gentrification, it's kind of, uh, you know, taking on a different turn. But back then okay. in 2002, or it wasn't the safe, uh, safe spot to be in. Oh, okay. I never knew that. So, so <clears throat> excuse me. So sadly, on April 12, 2002, Stephanie and Yukia went to visit their friends in an apartment near them. Stephanie and Yukia said they were going to get cigarettes and left their friend's house at around 11.30 p.m. to go get some cigarettes at a local gas station. They were not seen again until 3 a.m. At approximately 3.25 a.m., Stephanie and Yukia were sitting in Yukia's car, which was a Toyota Tercel, oh my goodness, that was a tongue twister. They were sitting at the corner of 50th and C Street, which is in Southeast, which wasn't too far from their apartments. And a black vehicle pulled up beside the car and opened fire on Yuki and Stephanie. The weapon of choice was a semi-automatic weapon. The car then sped off and another man in another vehicle got out to see what occurred. Yukia had died instantly. However, Stephanie was still alive. The stranger then nudged Stephanie to see if she was alive and she moaned. However, the black vehicle then came back and the passerby mm-hmm. decided to flee. The perp then got out the car and shot Stephanie again and then drove away again. Stephanie and Yukia were both shot 10 times in the head and body. They both were dead by the time first responders pulled up to the scene, which is so sad to me. Oh my goodness! I got goosebumps. I know goosebumps. Like this is really, really like. Because at first I thought it was like, is this a random attack? And but no, it sounds personal. Let's discuss. Let's discuss. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Another. Excuse me. Another odd fact about this is another black trans woman by the name of Tyra Hunter died previously at that same corner. Tyra Hunter died on August 7, 1995. 
seven years prior. And when first responders showed up, they basically left her to die. And once they found out she was transgender, they didn't even care. They laughed at her while she was dying. And she had been injured um, in a car accident and basically refused treatment. So she ended up dying at the DC General Hospital a couple hours later, where she was also denied treatment by a doctor. What the fuck? What year is that? This was in 1995. Ugh. So as a result of this, she her mom ended up getting um, suing the city and received a $1.75 million settlement, which even in 1995, that's not a lot considering you lost your daughter. Like, that's not cool. No. Like, not no cool. amount is ever going to bring that person back to you. So here's where it even gets even deeper is that the same company that handled in quotation marks Tyra during this car accident also responded to Kia's and Stephanie's murder. So they were barely doing stuff for her. Why would they do stuff for these other two girls that got killed? You know what I mean? Mm. And also um, the way they responded to Yakia and Stephanie's murders were it's just deplorable and I'm disgusted. Witnesses stated that Stephanie and Yukia's bodies were dragged from the car and that Stephanie's body was dropped face first on the ground. <laughs> right. Right. Did the letter this come from witnesses. Yep. Yep. So allegedly a firefighter used his foot to turn over Stephanie's bleeding body. And this is just absolutely disgusting and downright deplorable on how this person treated them during them dying. It's just evil. It's vicious. It's I could go on and on, but I won't. So let's discuss. So what happened? My personal belief is, well, let's, let's back up. The police have no real motives as to why they were murdered. However, they believe it is possible for it to be a hate crime, which I'm kind of believing so too, because if you shoot two people 10 times each, that's not, you know, something that happens by coincidence. Oh, no. But I still feel like there's a personal element to it. So even if it was a hate crime, that person studied them. I that agree. person knew who to to attack. That's so Congress, disgusting. Very disgusting. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, sorry if I'm saying her name wrong, wrote to former police chief Charles Ramsey and asked that the murders be investigated as a hate crime. He replied that they were being in, being investigated as hate crimes, but mm, I'm I'm debating that. Also, Sergeant Brett Parson, who at the time was over D.C.'s police department's gay and le um, lesbian liaison unit, indicated that attack might been might have been personal due to the number of rounds fired, which I agree. Um, allegedly, there was a rumor floating around in the community that Stephanie and Yukia were, were killed by men who picked them up and didn't know that they were transgender. Again, even if that was a case, that is not a rational um, reason to harm somebody. If somebody lies to you or do, does something you do not like, that does not mean you get to shoot them point blank 10 no. times. I'm not trying to hear it. That's not no. a justification. That's not an excuse. 
period. We just putting that out there. The families of Stephanie and Yukia indicated that once they transitioned into women fully, they were harassed by men in their neighborhood, which I can believe. Uh, my personal thoughts, you guys, is that I believe it was a personal hate crime. And I believe that people are so bigoted and problematic that their hate makes them do very evil things. And I don't see this as any different. I feel like, like I've stated, if you shoot somebody 10 times, two people 10 times in a car, and hold on, let's, let's discuss this key point. They came back, circled around to make sure they were dead. That's a hate crime and it's personal, period. What about you? What you think? I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. Because it just, like, like I said, I got goosebumps. For two people to just be sitting down on the bench mm-hmm. and then be murdered, shot 10 times, and then they circled back around to shoot them again. They said they were going out to get cigarettes. Yep. And yep. I don't think that's very routine that you go out every every morning at 3 a.m. to go get cigarettes. I'd have to agree with you 100%. I'd like to... <clears throat> I like to add that the police once came on record to say they have um, suspects regarding their murders. However, they do not have enough evidence to make an arrest and there is no names listed publicly. So I have no way of knowing who these suspects are. You know, I'm not surprised they don't have mm-hmm. enough evidence because what evidence would you have? Yep. Um, that attack, very planned. Yeah, very much so. Uh, police did offer a 50k reward for information regarding Stephanie and Yukia's murders. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but they definitely initially did. And there has been no arrest in this case, and it has not been officially listed as a hate crime. So that's just the 2020 update. It's very sad to me. Um, it really touched me because a lot of times when LGBTQ members are murdered, I mean, black women and men, they get very very little visibility in the media as it is. So when you add gender identity and stuff like that, they get even less visibility in the media. So I think it's very important that we take time to just acknowledge our, you know, gender, sexuality, sisters and brothers, and just make sure we're using our platforms to get their cases out as well. But It's just a really, really sad story. And I would just like encourage anybody, if you're listening out there, like I always do, if you have any information regarding the murders of Yukia and Stephanie, please contact the DC Homicide Branch at 202-277-9225. So let's get into some noir news. I know it's been buzzing like all over the internet that Takashi69 or however you say his name, um got out of prison after he snitched on a whole bunch of people and everybody is like angrily watching his stuff and listening to his music. I wanted to know your thoughts on this matter. Well, I'm not part of everybody or the we or I didn't like him before he went in jail. Um, he just came across very obnoxious. Um, there is one song the song he did with Nicki Minaj, I like that. Fifi? Yeah. Yeah, I like but that song too. That, mm-hmm. He just looked irritating. And I didn't like the fact that he was a um, culture vulture. 
the fact that he used the n-word I just I wasn't here for him mm. um but me I would have snitched but then again I'm not about that life mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not a street person so I wouldn't put myself in that position where I would have to snitch and I feel like he really forced the lifestyle mm-hmm. like he's a beg yeah so yeah I'm not here for him at all my personal opinion though is I feel like our culture dies like on the wrong hills like he is a completely problematic person but I just wish mm-hmm. our society, our culture had more like smoke for people who like abuse women or like I know Meek Mill has been very vocal about um Takashi six six nine, you know, mm-hmm. being out. And I feel like, yes, he is annoying, he's a troll, he's like I don't like him, but like focus that on these abusers out here, these rappers that hit women. You know what I mean? You know, it, you're, it's right, and you're you're very right because, like I said, the first thing I thought of was just how annoying he is, and completely forgot about the fact that he was caught up in some mess with um a, a young girl. Oh, Takashi? Yeah. Oh, and he and people do call him a pedophile. That's why I thought you said it. Oh no, I, I was, was saying like, that. Oh well, well. My point point still stands the same because Meek Meek Mills or other rappers or other citizens' energy isn't because he's a pedophile. It's because he's a snitch. And I wish energy was something different versus, oh, he's a snitch. He's the worst of the worst. Whereas it should be he's an abuser. He's a rapist. He's that. That's why we disassociate with him. You get what I mean? Well, look how long it took us to um, disassociate ourselves from the man who shall not be named. Oof. Well, there's two that comes to mind. Are we talking the one with the B or the one with the R? The one with the R. Mm, yeah. Um, and even I did a case about a UK artist um, who was charged with raping women as well. And it's like he was a part of this... Um, Grime music group in the UK, and it's like crickets. Oh, yep, I know who you're talking about. And he he was he was very violent with his. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely an issue in the music industry itself. Yeah, and to be honest, the discussion is off putting to me because it's like you don't advocate for victims or anything like that. You're more so he's not street so why is he in the culture you know what i mean versus mm. oh he's a horrible person like meek mill has a song with kodak black who is has a whole bunch of charges some of them being sexual assault so it's like like where do you get off kind of being the morality police when um you you know you still associate with like accused rapists and stuff like that i don't like that it's because majority of people have not cancelled him yet yeah i agree because the same thing happened with the man that shall not be named mm-hmm. i agree like in all fairness he's actually a musical genius he is. but that blindsided everybody he was doing all this sh- stuff out in the open yep and we just turned our eye because majority of us was like oh he makes good music for every occasion 
he is who he is. And now everyone's noticing, now everyone's turned their back on him. Right. And 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 to be quite frank with you, if R. Kelly would have not um I know you said you're not naming him, but I am. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um if R. Kelly would have stopped because the only reason why he's being held to the fire now is that he continued to do so. But had he yeah. had stopped, people would still exalt him as the R&B legend. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. My second name. Yeah. So it's just like sometimes I wish these people were held accountable by their peers and not the performance. I'm not agreeing with what Takashi 69 did because he put a, a hit on my favorite artist which is Chief Keith so I will never be team Takashi <laughs> at all and like you said he's a pedophile so that's it well I don't know for certain but I know there has been allegations made he's allegedly yeah. a, a pedophile um I'm not a fan and but again, I think people need to understand that you need to stop hate watching and clicking and engaging on his stuff, on his content. I don't understand yeah. how he managed to get that many people to watch him. Yeah, because people hate watch. That's so weird. I, 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 people hate watch and that's just... He's just noise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. So, I just, I would wish that people would not pay him any minds or anything like that because it's just ridiculous. Um, his He brings out really negative karmic energy and I just don't understand how people sp- spend their time digesting his content a lot, you know? Mm. It just, it's been crazy to see people like in an uproar, especially like musicians and other rappers and stuff, you know, being upset about it, which I mean, I get why they're upset, but I wish they had these same energy, the same energy when Bill Cosby or, you know, Kodak Black or whoever assaults and beats women or assaults people, you know. And I think we've got a long way to go. Because we're asking for men to um, call out their friends, basically. Because a lot of men don't call out their friends. Even if they don't agree with them, it's like they just won't call them out. And it doesn't make sense. Because I feel like all these men that have um, been um, charged with sexual offences, mm-hmm. surely that personality should came out whilst they were amongst their peers. Yeah. I definitely agree. And you know what? This this segue is into a different topic. Are you familiar with Boosie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say what. You know um, when he asked women to go on Instagram Live? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Boosie, this is kind of in noir news, y'all. As you guys are familiar, Boosie got on the live internet and said that he... Uh, paid for his son to have sexual relations with a man. I thought that was re- I was really shocked because I was like that's sexual abuse. If that child is a minor, that is sexual abuse. I wish that the rappers who have all this energy for Takashi 69 kept that same energy towards Boosie because mm. you get what I'm saying? How is that? You guys are so 
hype about Takashi Six Nine getting out, but Boosie, you know, saying he set his child up for molestation is is okay. I just need us, our culture, our people, to do a better job at examining um, predators within the community and using our energy to fight that versus somebody ratting. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but I think. Um, with the Boosie situation um, what's different is that a lot of men don't actually think that's a problem and that's where we need to begin like a lot of men don't see that as sexual abuse Mm -hmm. because it happened to them or you hear guys that lost their virginity to elder elder women where they were under the um, age of sexual consent Mm -hmm. so they don't see it as abuse they just see it as oh i was young and i got lucky yep they don't but which is quite sad but don't realize it's still damaging whether it's a girl or a boy facing that kind of, yeah yep toxic masculinity but we won't go into all that <laughs> we're gonna be here for like another exactly, hour exactly exactly <laughs> I think that wraps up today's episode and I appreciate you for coming on the platform and talking um, to me with me discussing this case. Do you want to drop your contact information? Yeah. So if you, you can follow me on Instagram at handcuffed podcast and Twitter at handcuffed pod. And thank you for having me as well. It was really interesting. And yeah, two black women from across the pond collaborating, you know, we we do this true crime thing as well. Don't get it twisted. We're actually out here. Exactly. So you guys know where I'm at, um, Crime X Noir on Twitter and Crime Noir the podcast. I am back, you guys. It's been a little minute, but let's be kind because it's been a whole pandemic outside. So I hope that you guys are staying safe and healthy, and I wish nothing but health to your families and whoever else during this time, and we will get through this together. Amen. Amen. Talk to you guys next week or whenever. I'm not even going to give you guys a consistent schedule right now. So don't even try to drag me.